It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, in the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. A ton to get to today on the show, injury-related. We knew for a while this week that the Packers were going to have some problems with receiver. Uh, I think the Ryan Grant signing was a harbinger of things to come when we were going to get this injury report. You don't sign Ryan Grant off the street on a Wednesday for a Sunday game to get ready for a, a solid Raiders team coming off a bye if you think Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Geronimo Allison are all going to be ready for you. They're not. And I, I do think it's worth noting here, uh, Devontae Adams officially ruled out. Geronimo Allison going through concussion protocol is doubtful. So I, I, it means that there is a chance for him to get cleared. I don't know that that is likely, hence doubtful, okay? But the, the Valdez-Scantling injury is interesting. He said today that he felt like he had two days to get ready. He did come back in off that injury, which is something that I think we, we need to remember here. He came back in and caught that big bomb down the sideline. And if he's 100% healthy, he is probably going to score because he creates more separation running down the field. I mean, I've never seen a cornerback like like run step for step with him the way that, that Detroit Lions quarterback did. So, you know, clearly not 100%. And as I mentioned earlier in the week, sometimes you can feel 100% and and or or get hurt in a game and feel okay and then wake up in the next day you are definitely not okay so the packers are going to have to adjust and i wrote about this for acme packing company today this is a formula that green bay already has they're going to get their running backs more involved in the passing game and actually they don't even need to get them more involved they just need to get them the normal amount that they've already been involved Against the Dallas Cowboys, Aaron Jones led the team in receptions and receiving yards. They won a game like this already. 
And against the Lions, Jamal Williams averaged more yards per touch, so more yards per attempt rushing and passing than Aaron Rodgers did per attempt passing, just passing. That's how good Jamal Williams was running the football. And so when you look at the, the Packers' ability to play defense and run the ball, it is already a formula that they've used to win games. They did it against Dallas. They did it against Detroit. And their defense came up huge against Detroit in the second half. Less than 60 yards in the second half. They held them to field goals when there were opportunities. It was, it was just the kind of, of performance that you needed to see. That you needed to see the Packers put together to have faith that they could win a game like this Sunday without basically everyone in their pass-catching game. Now, I think, uh, as is being pointed out on the stream right now, this is an Alan Lazard game, and I said that earlier today on Twitter. I am inordinately in. I try not to be reactionary to these things. I try not to, to look at one half of football and say, this is fine, and this is who they are now. Alan Lazard... I went back and, and I watched him and I studied him because he was not someone that I studied coming out of college and, and longtime listeners of the show know that I do serious mega draft prep. I get super nerdy into uh, analyzing these players, watching the tape, doing the research and, and trying to put together a, a scouting report for these guys. I didn't watch him. And I watched him, you know, as a, as a college football fan, I watched him play football but I didn't evaluate him. And I went back and watched and I just went, all right, so he's 235. He's huge, 6'4", 6 6'5". 6 he runs 4'5", 5, 5, and he was historically productive. And he kept a, a prospect some people thought was the best receiver prospect in the draft last year out of the offense until he graduated. Why, why is he not getting drafted? Football Outsiders had a fourth-round projection on him. How does he not go drafted? And I think he is the kind of player that, with his size, we know he can make contested catches. That was what he was great at in college. It's what we saw him do in that um, that, that catch against Justin Coleman along the sideline. That is a contested catch as far as I'm concerned because he had to shield the defender. He said after the game that Justin Coleman had been so good at punching balls out that he actually turned his body. You can see him if you watch the replay that he actually turns his body away from Coleman as he's going to the end zone so that Coleman can't knock the ball out. To have that kind of spatial awareness and body control in that moment with those stakes is really remarkable. And it is hard for me to watch him and look at his physical tools and think, okay, he got open a ton in preseason. He got open in training camp. And Aaron Rodgers loves him. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers went to these sidelines and advocated for him. And I think the, really the bigger question for me is where does Darius Shepard fit into all of this? Because you get someone like Ryan Grant, who I think is a more reliable potential slot option than Darius Shepard. And you notice Alan Lazard came in the game immediately following the Darius Shepard doink that turns into an interception. And where is Alan Lazard playing? He's playing in the slot. So... What, why would Lazard not be taking Darius Shepard's reps? Now, he can play outside, which he did after that, but his first foray into the game was in the slot. Maybe that is a sign that really the guy that Aaron Rodgers wanted in the game was Lazard, but maybe more what he wanted was 
Darius Shepard out of the game because we know how Rodgers often feels about rookie receivers and not being in the right place at the right time or not making the, the plays that he needs to make. Now, I don't know that that's fair. Uh, that throw was not great from Rodgers. So, you know, the, the opportunity for a touchdown would have been there if it's a better throw. I really like what Ryan Grant brings to this team. We know Aaron Rodgers has faith in Jay Kumaro. We know that, that he has faith in Alan Lazard. So, to me, those are your top two receivers. And then you put Ryan Grant in there, who I think can be a viable slot option. I have been, you know, this, this is not Homer stuff. I've been a Ryan Grant fan going back to his 2017 season in Washington where I was like, this guy is a player, and he almost signed in Baltimore. This is something that I think is a little underreported. Almost signed in Baltimore. Milt Hendrickson was in Baltimore when they almost signed him. They failed him on his physical. He says he was healthy. He goes to Indianapolis and does not get a ton of opportunities but, but starts 10 games. This is a legitimate starting receiver in the NFL. And even if he's only going to play 30 or 40% of the snaps – they're probably not going to play more than 40% of the snaps in 11 personnel. That's just what they do. So how much is Darius Shepard going to play? That's a big question here for me. Now, the other the other news that we got for the Packers injury-wise was pretty good. Tremont Williams back at practice on Friday. Kenny Clark back at practice on Friday. Jimmy Graham back at practice on Friday. So they should be good to go. Green Bay is going to be set you know, offensive line-wise, defensive front-wise. I think what we're going to see in this game is a ton of that three-man defensive line front from Mike Patton with the two outside linebackers. It's that 5-1 nickel look where you go three down linemen, Preston and Zadarius Smith, Blake Martinez, and then they play with three safeties because the the Raiders are going to play two tight ends a bunch. They have three tight ends that they feel comfortable playing. So you need to account for that because all three can be a factor in the passing game. The Raiders are not going to beat them over the top. So playing big is not a big deal. Uh, because you're not worried about, even with your backup safeties in there, you're not worried about them hitting you over the top because they just they just don't do that. That's just not a thing that they do. So they, they should be able to stop this defense because all Derek Carr wants to do is check the ball down. And Tyrell Williams is out. And this is another big one. Uh, Trent Brown is doubtful with a calf injury. And if he can't go... Derek Carr has not been sacked a ton this year. They've had good protection in the pocket for him, and he gets the ball out in a hurry. But if they have to play one of their backup offensive tackles, and we're not sure exactly who it's going to be at this point, uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith are going to eat them alive. Eat them alive. And that is a huge factor for this defense without question. Uh, Their ability to get pressure on Derek Carr I think essentially makes this game uh, not unwinnable, but I just don't see how Oakland is going to score enough points with the way that the Packers defense is playing and the way that this Raiders offense is operating unless they have trick plays or unless they're going to totally uh, go against what has already been their identity. uh, I I just don't see how they're going to score enough unless, and this is the big question, Josh Jacobs just goes off just goes off and the Packers do some of the things that they did against Detroit bad turnovers um special teams whatever now I think the defense is actually overdue for a touchdown uh Oakland can be sloppy with the ball Derek Carr is not going to throw into coverage really but they had one of the worst fumbles I've ever seen where Derek Carr just flung the ball into the backfield and they weren't quite on the same page with uh, with Josh uh, with Josh Jacobs. And so that turned into a fumble. It's a huge play in the game. 
and and it really almost lost the game for the Raiders because the Bears came roaring back after that. I, the Packers cannot beat themselves. If the Packers do not turn the ball over, the Raiders can't win. That's just, I just think from a matchup standpoint, that's where the Packers are with this team because the defense is so good. And I just think the the offense for the Raiders is not going to be able to move the ball enough. And regardless of the injuries, I think Green Bay offensively is in position enough to score 20 plus. I don't see the, unless the Raiders score on defense or special teams, I just don't see how they get to 20 plus. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. Now I want to I want to switch gears a little bit because it was something that was discussed a lot last night and and this is the question here. So Patrick Mahomes is out next week and I don't want to look I don't want to look past the Raiders. I don't want to look past the Raiders. But because it is newsworthy and it is something that happened just last night, I do want to discuss it and so it's fresh in our minds. It's certainly something we'll get into a ton next week. Patrick Mahomes had a dislocated knee on Thursday night and is going to be out at least three weeks for the Kansas City Chiefs, which means he is not going to be in the game when Green Bay goes there next week. Now, I have gotten a lot of feedback from fans who have said, oh, easy win, easy win. And then I've gotten a lot of feedback from fans who are like, I'm bummed because I wanted my team to go against 
the the best. I wanted to go against greatness. That was what Tremont Williams said. He said, you want to face greatness, and Patrick Mahomes certainly qualifies at this point. Uh, I don't think anyone should be overlooking the Chiefs, even with Matt Moore. Did you see what they did to Denver? They still can score points. They still have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill can still run away from people. He torched Chris Harris Jr., and they still have Travis Kelsey, who is an enormous matchup problem. And that pass rush was filthy against the Broncos. I know, I know Garrett Bowles is bad. And I know that Joe Flacco cannot move. My comparison was that he had the movement skills and dexterity of a tranked up llama. And that might even be uh, uncharitable to llamas. But this, this front, especially if Chris Jones plays, we don't know what his status. But Frank Clark is a monster. And so there are still plenty of places where Green Bay is going to have to play really, really good football defensively to, to mitigate a, a, an offensive explosion. They got to 30 points last night with Matt Moore. I mean, this is, this is an offense that can still score. It's still Andy Reid. They still have all those skill players. Their offensive line is getting healthier. So I, I don't want anyone to treat this Chiefs game like this is just some walk in the park. It's not going to be. And, and again, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not overlooking the Raiders. This is just a conversation that, that I think is going on right now and that a lot of, p- of people are having. You, you don't want to overlook the Raiders in some ways. And the, one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is there is this idea. If you listen to the solid verbal, what they, they talk about this all the time, the, the letdown look ahead sandwich. Um, and, and the, the look ahead potential and all that stuff and teams in college do this, I think more than in the NFL, but it it is, it is human nature when you're playing a team. And then the following week you get either a rival or a big game to not quite get as up for it because you're, you're in the back of your mind. You're thinking about this other matchup in some ways. I think this helps the Packers psyche focus on Oakland because now that Patrick Mahomes part is not there. So you, you're not as amped to play Kansas City next week because you still have to play this week. And in order to get to, you know, 7-0 or 7-1, 8-1, you got to win this week. And it's not as much about what's going on next week. You have to be what Matt LaFleur talks about. And it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. You have to be in the moment. You have to be saying, this is what we're focused on right now. And so eliminating that carrot, of Patrick Mahomes, and and it sucks that he got hurt. I'm not I'm not happy about it. I'm I, no one. I don't want this to be taken that way, and I, I it feels silly. I was making a joke about it yesterday with a friend. That's like, why why do people feel the need to say you know you earnestly say you hate to see it when someone gets hurt? It's like yeah, duh. Of course you you it sucks. You hate to see it. Um, but this game, uh, this this ramps up the intensity for Oakland. And as is pointed out here on the stream, with Mahomes out, Oakland's three and two. If Mahomes is going to miss three weeks, they've got the Packers next week and the Vikings the following week. So that could be two losses. If Oakland comes to, to Lambeau on Sunday and gives Green Bay a game, all of a sudden they're going to be a half game out of first place in the NFC West with Patrick Mahomes out, you know, at, at least three weeks. It could be more, and it could be, you know, five, six, seven weeks before he's 100% healthy. So, and, and maybe before he gets back into a rhythm, this is an opportunity for Oakland. So if anything, 
this amps up the intensity of this weekend's game. It amps up the intensity of what's going on with the Packers and the Raiders. And I think it, it zeroes in everyone's focus. There is no look ahead. There is, there, it is, this is all focus on this one game. And in a lot of ways, that's the, that's the good part of this. I, you know, it's not the silver lining, but just from, a, from an on-the-field football standpoint, it, it gives everyone the opportunity to only focus on this week. And I think that part of it makes the, the, the intensity of this game ratchet up. And that hopefully means it's a higher quality of game from both sides. Because again, you want to beat a team at their best. And so that is uh, hopefully what we're going to get this weekend. No blue chew today, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, we do have my bookie though, and this is a great week for gambling. There's a lot of really great games, and I tell you this almost every day that where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And there's so many things to bet on right now: Major League Baseball playoffs, NBA, NHL, all of this. Get off the sidelines and get into the action. You're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win. And right now, our listeners, they will double your first deposit. Enter promo code locked on. When you when you enter, enter your enter the promo code, they will double your first deposit. It is free money. So go get it. What are you waiting for? Mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuel your fandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. You guys, we're going to have to start charging Blue Chew for all of all of the free advertising that you're doing for them. It really is great. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it there. I am I am now the voice of the Manscape ad that that you may have heard yesterday, and um, that got a, that got a lot of attention, a lot of eyeballs on that one. I I wanted to finish up here because um, th- there has been a lot of discussion about the receiver position, and we talked about it at the top of the show, but. John Elway said Emmanuel Sanders and and everyone basically not for sale. Now that being said, you know there were there were reports that the Packers had inquired about this. We have to understand that you know the Packers are in position here, and I I did a long Twitter thread about this. There's been a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth about the receiver position. When you when you talk about the Packers over the last five six seven years. We're used to this team relying so heavily on Aaron Rodgers to be so Rodgers dependent and focused that the idea that their passing game was not easily the best part of this team is just there is a cognitive dissonance with fans that it is just it's really hard to to gather it all in and and really assess it in a way that that makes sense in your brain. And I I totally get that 100 percent. I understand that. And, and that is how the Packers did it intentionally. This was focused all on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers was Superman. And he doesn't have to be Superman anymore. I went through it. And when you look at the, the contenders in the NFC, even if we're being as charitable as we have to be or can be to the other NFC contenders, Green Bay has a top five quarterback, 
probably top three if we're being serious about it. A top five offensive line, probably top three if we're being serious about it. A top three running game. Aaron Jones, the number two runner in the league by uh, defense-adjusted yards above replacement. According to Football Outsiders, only Dalvin Cook is better. Uh, A top five defense. We haven't even gotten to the pass catchers. So if you can run the ball and you can play good defense and you can protect the quarterback and you have a good quarterback, it almost shouldn't matter who the receivers are. I mean, you have to have, you know, guys who can can know where they're going, but that's really it. I mean, think of of the of the times and and the players who have been on the receiving end of Tom Brady touchdowns in the playoffs or have been on the receiving end of Peyton Manning touchdowns in the playoffs, Drew Brees touchdowns. I mean, third tight ends and backup fullbacks and all of this stuff. You have to be able to, to you have to be able to get to you have to be able to get to those guys. You have to be able to be in a position as a coach to maximize everything about your team that you have at your disposal. It's not just the passing game. It's not just the receivers. Green Bay is so solid everywhere else that this this issue with the receivers, if it's going to be a week, two weeks, three weeks, it shouldn't matter as much as it has in years past. Because you've built that balance. Now you have a defense. You have cornerbacks that can create turnovers. You have edge rushers that can get home when you have a four-man rush. You have running backs who can dominate football games. 170 yards on the ground last week against the Lions. I mean, you go back, Aaron Jones, 100 yards, over 100 yards against the Vikings. And the best possession offensively, I think, of the season was when Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were on the field at the same time. Jamal Williams was a huge part of the offense in the win against Denver. Aaron Jones dominates against the Cowboys. This team is built such that you don't have to rely on Aaron Rodgers making plays to receivers who have to make plays on their own to get open anymore. You just don't have to do it. And so, you know, there's all of this consternation about the receiver position. And I understand it. I do. They have done so much. You know, I wrote about this for Packer Report that really the the second receiver that so many fans want the Packers to trade for, they brought in when they signed Preston Zendaria Smith. And when they drafted Darnell Savage and they brought in Billy Turner and they brought in Adrian Amos. They elevated their team in so many other ways as to make the fact that they don't have a second receiver less of a problem with this team. And when everyone is healthy, when everyone is healthy, and you have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line and Darnell Savage back there, and you have those pass rushers and everything is is on the field for you at your disposal... Right now, given what we're seeing on the field defensively and from the run game, and what we saw the the potential of this passing game is with Devontae Adams, imagine what the potential of this team is moving forward. I think it is really something that can be special with this team. They feel it, and I think a lot of fans feel it, and, and there is a vibe about this team. If they stick together, that's a football cliche. We got to stay together, all that stuff. But if this team sticks together and they can make it through this week, next week, 
and and they start to get these guys healthy, I mean, this could look like one of those old those Seahawks teams that doesn't look great in the beginning of the season, but they're winning games, and you're sort of like, mm, they don't look great, but you know, they're five and one, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the season, you know, they're going to San Francisco and they're winning against the 49ers. And they're going to Minnesota and they're beating the Vikings. I mean, those are the that's when you want to be peaking. That's when you want to be winning and hitting your stride and healthy. And so if you can just stick together, you win this week, you win next week in games that you should win with a depleted team. That makes everything out there in front of you as a potential Super Bowl contender. Again, I, I, I said it for Packer Report. You can go check out the predictions there. I, I had a 24-17 for the Packers, I'm I'm not even convinced 17 is the right number for Oakland. I'm not sure they can get to 17, but we'll see. With the extra week, I, I think that's a fine projection. Um, their offense has low-key been better than I think it should be given their personnel and their approach, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter. That's the best way to find these Periscope live streams. Uh, it's also the best way to find all the content that, that I create. A lot of the stuff I don't write, I just turn into Twitter threads. So um, doing that is is the best way to, to find me. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.